Good evening, Anchor. Have a good evening, Spotify. Good evening, Anchor. Anchor world listeners across the world. I am your host, Draymond, Draymond Conqueror. And today, what today is? Tuesday, Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. And the current time is 640. Oh, man, there's a lot that's going on in my life. So I Trump is in trouble, Trump poses in trouble crisis, in taxes, fraud, blah, 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 blah. But anyways, did you, did you hear Mr. President say, our U.S. event president did a national speech about Thanksgiving, about the damn words, and corn and cob. Are you serious? Uh, um... What time is it? I believe that we are in a time of hardship. I, I believe we are in a time of pandemic. pandemic. I believe we are in a time of something smell fishy that something we call the government is doing that we don't, we don't see. Something smells fishy that the world don't see. Of course, you know, some people do see what's going on, some people don't. Some people don't see what's going on. I just can't believe this, 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 this that which is true first you know, one is a business you know, to listen to Wall Street that's it second that I did not get motivated third is you don't know what you're doing fourth is you're going to get everybody killed now what it really means that um, the Undertaker the Undertaker the dead Art Holloway he's retired from the WWE finally finally why do I say that you know, because sometimes, you know, I know the money the money is good, but sometimes when it's time to go, it's time to go. Hang up your hat and your trench coat. And your trench coat. And, your trench coat. and I love, I love the other I like the other My favorite uh, childhood wrestling from the WWE era, years before that, Sabara Series. Sabara Series when he first came out in the late 80s, early 90s. Right, right along with the manager Paul Bird. They battled out, battled with his brother, they came, they teamed up, called the Brothers of Destruction, they teamed up with a big show called Unholy Alliance. He started, the Undertaker started, Mark Holloway, aka Undertaker, started uh, the Lucifer of Darkness, the powerful force trio in the WWF, now the WWE that is black right now, is corny as watch my mouth. So, farewell to the Undertaker, you very, very special to the WWE and also, LeBron James. This is the show. LeBron James is getting very, he's getting hated on. Getting very Why? Because people are just not going to accept that he is better. That I'm going to see LeBron James. LeBron James. The kid, a child from Akron, Ohio. LeBron James, that I would say, is indeed better than Michael Jordan. Yes, better than Michael Jordan in this time, but Michael Jordan that people are not going to realize Michael Jordan is the past. Okay? He is the past. LeBron James is the future. He is the GOAT. 
You can play all positions. You can argue that all day by day, but I ain't right. I ain't on Shannon uh, I'm on Shay Shay Shannon show on his when he argued with Skip Bay. So I would say the exact same thing what Shay Shay would say. LeBron James is the goat and dirty Michael Jordan, period. And a lot of people are hating on LeBron James. Like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Durant hating on him. Jealous Lord because LeBron James is game covers, guys on shoes, and everything. He's doing very, very good. Other than that, he's really good for, uh, let's see, Akron, Ohio. Everyone. Anyway, moving forward. What else is going on? Uh, Gucci Man and GG Battle. And my right hand up, I'm going with GG. GG's going to win. Gucci Man's alright. I like this Gucci Man music. But, like that. Gucci Man. Like that, Gucci Man. So, stay tuned to that. I have these uh, clips, uh, these other clips of CNN that they basically will uh, foretell their opinion about Donald Trump. And I have a speech on the national speech. And Donald Trump basically was naming and giving his blessing to these damn birds. Only in America, y'all. Only in America. Here today on Anchor FM. Today is Tuesday, November 24th. And a happy Thanksgiving, all that. Stay tuned of the remainder of the show. I am your host, like I said, Dre Wise, Dre Wise Conqueror. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at Dre Wise, the number seven. You can also send Cash App donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you. In the world of so many. First Lady and I are thrilled to welcome you all to the beautiful Rose Garden where the First Lady actually worked very hard on renovating it. It was 61 years. It was in rough shape. A very big job, actually, when you go to the wires underground. People have no idea how complex it is, but uh, you've done a fantastic job. Thank you very much. And we're also very happy to have with us my daughter Ivanka and Jared and Theodore, Arabella, Joseph. Thank you very much for coming. They like the turkey. Thank you very much. On behalf of the entire Trump family, I want to wish every American a healthy and very happy Thanksgiving. We're here today to continue a beloved annual tradition, the official presidential pardon of a very, very fortunate turkey. Because Thanksgiving is a special day for turkeys, I guess probably for the most part not a very good one when you think about it. The first turkey to dodge the White House dinner table received unofficial clemency when President Abraham Lincoln's son, Tad, begged his father to spare his new friend. For the past 73 years, the National Turkey Federation has presented the National Thanksgiving Turkey to the president, starting under President George H.W. Bush. These birds have received a formal pardon every single year. Today is my honor to present to you this year's lucky bird, Corn, and just in case we needed him, Cobb. Corn and Cobb. That's not too hard to remember, is it? These two magnificent gobblers were selected from the official presidential flock of 30 turkeys, some real beauties. They were raised by the chairman of the National Turkey Federation himself, 
Ron Cardell. Ron, thank you very much, Ron. Please stand up. Great job. Ron, thank you for being here and your family, beautiful family. Thank you very much for being here. Appreciate it. Like so many presidential flocks, this one started in the great state of Iowa in what can only be described as an act of blatant pandering. And by the way, I love the state of Iowa. These two turkeys sought to win the support of Iowans across the state by naming themselves Corn and Cobb. After today's ceremony, these birds will retire under the care of skilled veterinarians at Iowa State University, a tremendous university in Ames. Once there, people of all ages will be able to visit them and learn about poultry science, veterinary medicine, and the noble American tradition of farming. We love our farmers, I'll tell you. And we hope and we know that's going to happen, that corn and cob have a very long, happy, and memorable life. This year, our nation commemorates the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrims landing on Plymouth Rock. After arriving in the New World, the brave men and women of the Mayflower endured a bitter and dangerous winter, very, very dangerous winter. Many were sick, most were starving, and all were praying for a miracle. Thankfully, God heard their prayers. From our earliest days, America has always been a story of perseverance and triumph, determination and strength, loyalty and faith. This week, in a time that is very unusual, but in so many ways, very, very good, what we've endured and been able to endure with the vaccines now coming out one after another, it's an incredible thing that happened, one of the greatest medical achievements that this planet has ever seen. But it's time to remember that we live in a great, great country, the greatest of them all. And there's nothing even close as far as I'm concerned. Every American can be united in thanksgiving to God for the incredible gifts he has bestowed upon us, the blessings of family, community, and this exceptional, beautiful, and great country. It's greater than ever before. During this Thanksgiving, we extend our eternal gratitude to the doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, and scientists who have waged the battle against the China virus. And we give thanks for the vaccines and therapies that will soon end the pandemic. It's uh, just, just such a tremendous feeling to know that they're coming and they'll be coming probably starting next week or shortly thereafter. We send our love to every member of the armed forces and the law enforcement heroes risking their lives to keep America safe, to keep America great. And as I say, America first. Shouldn't go away from that. America first. We give thanks to the priceless freedoms that we've inherited, and we ask God to watch over and protect our nation and its people during this incredible holiday and in all of the years to come. We ask that of God. Once again, Milani and I wish to thank everybody for your incredible courtesies and also wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And now it's time for the moment of our guests of honor. They've been waiting, and in this case, he's been waiting for this. And uh, bring him out. Look at that beautiful, beautiful bird. Oh, so lucky. That is a lucky bird.
has a plan to manage the outbreaks of the coronavirus, even as he downplays it. After some disastrous, contradictory appearances from top officials this week, tonight he put Vice President Pence in charge of the administration's response to the outbreak, holding an hour-long press conference trying to reassure the country, the markets, and voters. Mike will be working with the professionals and doctors and everybody else that's working. The team is is brilliant. I spent a lot of time with the team over the last couple of weeks, but they're totally brilliant and we're doing really well. And Mike is going to be in charge and Mike will report back to me. The president is first and foremost a businessman. And when Wall Street talks, well, he listens. And Wall Street's talking big time right now. Markets are rattled by the spread of the coronavirus around the world, especially in China. In just three days, the Dow Jones is down 2,000 points. Remember, he is running for re-election on the strength of this economy. And the coronavirus outbreak is a threat to that economic strength. And he can't afford to look like he is not paying attention to a very serious health issue that could have serious consequences for the economy. CNN's chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, asked the president if he is worried about the spread of the coronavirus in the U.S. And here was his answer. No, No, because we're ready for it. It is what it is. We're ready for it. We're really prepared. We have, as I said, we've had, we have the greatest people in the world. We're very ready for it. We hope it doesn't spread. There's a chance that it won't spread, too. And there's a chance that it will. And then it's a question of at what level. So far, we've done a great job. In that answer, he is actually contradicting officials at the CDC when he says there is a chance that it won't spread. They call the coronavirus difficult, and they call it challenging, and they warn that the outbreak is likely to get worse. Sources at the White House say that the president and top administration officials uh, are angry at some of the warnings coming from officials in the medical community, claiming that those warnings are overly uh, fatalistic. At times during the press conference, the president, well, he seemed to be rambling, and a reporter challenged some of the things that he said. In just the course of the last couple of minutes, you have disputed some of what the officials that are working in your administration behind you have said about the risk of coronavirus and its spread. Do you trust your health officials to give you good information or do you trust your own instincts? I don't think I have. They've said it could be worse and I've said it could be worse too. I also think, no, I don't think it's inevitable. And the president is said to be privately annoyed with Alex Azar, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, who has been the administration's point man on the outbreak, at least until tonight. The president has blamed Azar for not keeping him sufficiently updated and for keeping him out of the loop on crucial decisions, although he tried to talk up Azar tonight. I think Secretary Azar is doing a fantastic job, but he also has many other things. I mean, we're working on many, many things together. If you look at his schedule of what he's doing, including drug prices, and uh, I think it's perhaps the most complicated job that we have in government. And I want him to be able to focus on that. And Mike is really good at it. They're going to work together. They're going to work very closely together. And they're both in the administration. I see them all the time. So it really works. This isn't a czar. This isn't going out and getting somebody that's never been in the administration. I have two people that are very talented. 
But Pence is in charge of coronavirus now, and Azar reports to him, even though Azar doesn't seem too happy about it. I'm still chairman of the task force. Mick Mulvaney's been serving a, in, actually an invaluable role for me as acting chief of staff, helping to coordinate across the government with my colleagues and the whole of government approach. Having the vice president gives me the biggest stick one could have in the government on this whole of government approach. So you don't so, feel like you're being replaced? Not in the least. I'm, I, I, when, the pro, when, when this was mentioned to me, I, said, I was delighted that I get to have the vice president helping in this way. And remember how the markets have been reacting and how tied to the economy is uh, to his chances at re-election. One reporter asked if Wall Street is overreacting to the threat from coronavirus, and Trump's response was off the rails. I think the financial markets are very upset when they look at the Democrat candidates standing on that stage making fools out of themselves, and they say, if we ever have a president like this, and there's always a possibility, it's an election, you know, who knows what happens, right? I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win by a lot. But when they look at the statements made by the people stand behind, standing behind those podiums, I think that has a huge effect, yeah. People are not asking the right questions. They're not asking the right questions because they kind of think they already... His answer had nothing to do with the question. Say what you will about the Democrats' freewheeling and often chaotic debate last night in South Carolina. But Wall Street certainly did not react to it. The Dow dropped 2,000 points on Monday and Tuesday, long before the Democrats took the stage. Since he is running on the economy, no doubt his theme is that it won't do as well with the Democrat in the White House, the Democrats in the White House. But his words were poorly chosen. And with Americans questioning his handling of the coronavirus outbreak so far, maybe it's best if the professionals answer the questions at this point. Let's bring in CNN White House correspondent, Mr. John Harwood, uh, to answer some questions for us. John, good to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. The president downplaying the threat posed by coronavirus right now, even as a new case uh, of a known origin was announced in California. Will this press conference quiet the critics, you think? Well, definitely not, uh, in part because the president himself was a little rambling and uncertain. He said, well, we've asked for uh, $2.5 billion, and Republicans want four, and Democrats want eight. We'll see. We don't really care. Uh, that was not a, a focused response to the question. Uh, you just played his uh, disagreement uh, that was elicited by Hallie Jackson of NBC uh, with his uh, uh, specialists on this and saying, uh, well, I don't think it's necessarily inevitable. Of course, they've said community spread is inevitable. And in fact, we got a case of it right after the press conference. So uh, that plus the uh, chaotic choreography uh, of Azar and Pence and who's in charge, uh, that it, the press conference is certainly not going to uh, uh, quiet the criticism from Democrats and uh, in all likelihood from Republicans as well, because Republicans in the last uh, couple of days had been uh, clearly uneasy with how the president was handling it. Yeah, there's a bit of Keystone Cops going on here. Uh, listen, th this is him downplaying the threat in China. Take a listen to this. If you can count on the reports coming out of China, that spread has gone down quite a bit. He is pointing to these reports, but also suggesting that they might not be believable. Is that helpful when trying to calm the public? It's certainly not helpful from the standpoint of the public. If the president says 
Well, uh, here's some good things happening in China, if you can believe them. Uh, what is the public to take from that? And as Vice President, uh, former Vice President Biden said in our town hall tonight, uh, uh, he said the uh, President of the United States should not count on uh, Chinese statistics. We've had, uh, and, and the president's own, uh, uh, the current president's own cabinet and senior officials have been saying we don't trust what's coming out of China. China has not been particularly transparent. They resisted uh, international uh, health experts coming in. They're allowing them now, but uh, th there is not strong reason to accept what's coming out from China. And so to, to cite that unreliable information as a source of comfort for Americans uh, suggests it's not really a source of comfort at all. It seems like this is, a, you know, equal parts defending the president and equal parts trying to reassure the public. I'm not sure if it's equal parts, but uh, it, it was, you know, all it all played into it. Both played into it. Don, as you know, this president has a very strong impulse to deflect blame from himself for anything that goes wrong. Right. Uh, so he. That's blames, why he's blaming the Democrats. He blames the Democrats. Uh, and by the way. Blaming Democrats for the stock market drop, as you pointed out, uh, the stock market dropped a couple of thousand points on Monday and Tuesday before the debate. Today, after the debate, uh, it dropped about 123 points. But the Dow futures moved from positive to negative during his press conference. So the press conference that was intended uh, to calm fears uh, plainly did not do so. Now, uh, stock markets are complicated, yeah. and any given moment you don't know what's moving them. Uh, but, you know, the president also, Don, uh, when he was in India, uh, foreshadowed his attempt to deflect blame from himself. because He was talking to a group of business executives, uh, and he said, that the coronavirus was like some external shock that might hit your company, he said to these business executives, that had nothing to do with you. That's the president signaling that if something bad happens from coronavirus, it has nothing to do with me. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at Dre Wise, the number seven. You can also send cash app donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you. In the world of so many, baby girl, you are that one. Now, off top, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Number one, when Donald Trump did a speech about Thanksgiving, he did a speech about Thanksgiving. He told a little history about Thanksgiving, a history of his, let's see, his ancestors. Uh, uh, he talked about these damn birds. Let's talk about this. Now, first off, he talked about these, these birds named uh, corn and cob. Now, corn and cob is basically a particular birds, you know, that backstrail of the name that, um, let's see, back in the White House of Abraham Lincoln and his son. That fortunate, a fortunate turkey got away that, you know, usually what happens to the turkey around this time of the year. Then, you know, everybody gets together, family gets together, ha ha ha, laugh, 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 get together table, talk, shit, whatever. Now, this particular bird that uh, uh, I believe his son named Todd. <laughs> Todd was begging his father, named Abraham Lincoln. Todd said, please, father, please do not, do not kill my friend of this particular bird. 
for Thanksgiving because this bird wants to basically preserve his life. This bird wants to continue to live. This bird don't want to die and be someone's meal and be end up in the toilet later on. You know what I mean? Number two. Now, <clears throat> Donald Trump did a little speech about Thanksgiving. He, he, he named these birds, which is a history about, uh, uh, let's see, cop. Cobb and, and what's it called? Corn and Cobb, whatever, BS. Oh my God. Donald Trump talks so much. He th- they ain't gonna talk about the history of the, the invaders called the Pilgrims. Don't you get me started. Donald Trump said this. He said about the Pilgrims. I got it, I got it all wrote it down in my mind. Number one, he said about a fortunate turkey named a particular turkey that hadn't been corn or cob that Abraham Lincoln's uh, son named Todd. Fell in love with this is his friend of uh, this particular. He befriended a turkey. So Todd basically begged his father, named Abraham Lincoln, and said, Please, father, don't kill the turkey. Hell with that. <laughs> <laughs> then he started talking about, about a 73 years of BS, of Thanksgiving Turkey Day BS. Then he goes to talk about this lucky, lucky bird again. Then you go, this is the nail in the coffee that I don't I don't understand white folks in this one. This one. Donald Trump said this. He said, uh, the the history of the 400 years of the pilgrims. That is basically John Smith and whoever else, and Mr. Thompson, James, and Peter, all the mother folks. Now the history of the invaders. This is Thanksgiving that people in America. Majority of people in America celebrate, but a certain group of people, like the Native American people, do not celebrate because we all know why. I'm going to tell you. The history of the invaders when it came to the pilgrims of the 400 years. Exact same time where black folks were enslaved for 400 years in America. Ooh. So Donald Trump said something about the Mayflower and the pilgrims. The pilgrims were a people from Europe. That he said, this is what he said in his words, if he quoted they journeyed to the new world with bravery. Kiss where kiss where the sun don't shine on me. These people, let me like let me enlighten you since they didn't teach us this in school. They teach they teach us something else of some bullshit. Okay, they teach us the, a nice fairy tale story like and the pilgrims ate, ate with the kids, ate with the kids of the Indians, ate with the people. They had a, a stupid shit. Let me tell you what real what happened. The history of the invaders when it came to the pilgrims of the 400-year time period, that's right along with black folks still were enslaved, ethnic row slaves, whatever. On the Mayflower, they were brave. Okay. Yeah, they were brave, all right. When they had to, had to map out everything, how to take over the new world that's called America, that America was named after Italian men called America whoever else, Da, da Vinci Code, whoever. BS. <laughs> Look. The history of the pilgrims, that they had an agenda that was brave. They had to hire a settler named Christopher Columbus that America right now give Christopher Columbus a day, which Christopher Columbus was a psychotic, rapist, crazy, buffoon, of idiot at that time. He's dead. But America basically acknowledged him as a good, good settler in American history. Mm. But anyways, the pilgrims were brave, which they was, because they had thought out and mapped out the coordinates to America called the New World, to do what? Take over. 
course you gotta be brave to try to take over the land from this, this land that don't belong to black folks or white folks, which is true in the fact. So the pilgrims did this. That's the story told in school and everywhere. The pilgrims did this to, let's see, trick these folks called the Native Americans, Pocahontas in them. So the pilgrims sat down, uh, let's see, ate with the Indians, which Indians, if you call them Indians, that's very ignorant, prefer to call these folks Native Americans. So these pilgrims sat down with the Native American people, okay, to win their trust so they don't see the deceivement devilish what they about to do to take over. If you understand the cartoon movie called Pocahontas, it's the exact same story, but make it sum it up to be a good telling story of a cartoon, cute, 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 with a raccoon and a damn bulldog, whatever it be is, and a, and a bird and some Pocahontas young girl and some white man named uh, Smith. So they ate, they ate with these folks, you know, cook, all that. So the Native Americans had to teach these people how to cook their food, uh, pitch a tent, uh, grow food, all that. So the pilgrims were brave enough to, let's see, uh, let's see, we'll go in with a strategy to learn these people's way. Mm. They don't teach us that in school. No, they do not. So the pilgrims were brave. Also, the pilgrims were, they were so filled with so much disease of all kinds. They had syphilis and smallpox in the covers. So the pilgrims gave the, uh, let's see, the Indians smallpox because they had a smallpox in the covers, disease to kill these folks off when it came to biologically of sickness. Mm, what a happy time. Everybody wants to celebrate Thanksgiving. <clears throat> so when the pilgrims sat down with these people, ate, because it's all in pictures, and which, which you see today on, on in stores and libraries, they sat down with these people, cook their food, because Native American people taught the pilgrims to cook their food all the way done. Cook, pitch a tent, grow food. Sat with these people, laugh, ha ha ha, all that BS, okay? Then the next minute, when the bravery starts saying this, we're going to take this land by force, go to war with the Native American people. If you go somewhere in Cago Falls right now in the gorge, it's a platform of something called uh, of what's the name? Mary Mary Campbell, when a, a young Caucasian girl was kidnapped by Indians and tortured, because it was a war between the Indians and the invaders, which is white folks, somewhere in Cog Falls a long time ago. So that's why you understand how Akron is in Cog Falls. It's so hilly, 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 because it was a territory of Native American people. Oh my goodness. Now, anyways, the story goes on. So it was a war, 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 war trick, deceivement, but in modern day today, it's all about tradition to do what? Sit down and spend time with your, let's see, your big mouth, uh, keep running mouth family, bullshit family, that's what it's supposed to be about, but majority of people don't know the history about these holidays in the first place, anyways, going on, so Donald Trump, he, he I mean, it's, it's like he is, a, he's a buffoon, He's a buffoon and an asshole. Because one is like the man said on CNN. The man said on CNN that is basically recorded eight months ago, but it's still good. Because they use that. Because what she said was true that when you throw something at Donald Trump and not just something that what he's not doing, he gets very upset to have these impulses or whatever. So Mr. Trump said he's doing a very wonderful job. 
a very wonderful job. They, they, we, this what he said. We are doing a wonderful job. No, you're not. Then he put his put Mr. Pence in charge of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Are you serious? No president will put that I never seen. In you no, know, since I seen by far presidents like uh, I seen Bill Clinton, I seen George Bush, I seen uh, uh let's see, uh, President Obama. No president never did that order say I put the vice president in charge of such a never. See, one thing is this man is full of shit. Period. He was on 60 Minutes, 60 Minutes, and the woman asked some specific questions. Within them questions, he got upset and got up and walked out. See, people don't see what they need to see. These holidays, as you can say, these holidays that's basically thought of by white folks. That's the majority as a fact. Now, people don't see about these holidays. People don't see about the, this whole government world domination in the first place. You don't see it all. It's all about money. More and more people every year, 12, what's it, what's it, 12 months throughout the year, whatever. With all, within all those times, the retail stores of distribution at stores are making money off of your money that you spend. Especially when it comes to the major... The major holidays, that is basically what? Let's see. Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So the retail stores are making a field day. When it comes to black folks, black folks go definitely make money off of us in our community because we do the most uh, alcohol consumption. And they make money off of us. Right. So Mr. Trump, I mean, he was telling a story about the history of the invaders, pilgrims. He told it in a sweet way. Not breaking it down the hardcore horror of truth because America don't want you to hear that type of truth. America just wants to sweep it under the rug and say, What a sweet Christmas. BS. You name some damn birds, corn and cob, and what are we facing today? We are facing a global, global pandemic that they are playing a blaming game saying this is China's fault. Nah, it smells fishy in here. Like I said, in a cold way. If you have a whole pizza and you cut that pizza in six ways, and whoever else, six ways, that means you have a slice, I have a slice, you have a slice. Whoever got all the slices, you have that pizza, pizza, throw it and see what's going to happen. This is nothing but a game. I keep saying it. This is only a damn game, period. That's sad, and people don't want to see the truth. People don't want to see the truth about everything. You don't want to see the truth. Everything is a business that you don't want to realize or accept. From the church to the child support office, from it's everything is a business. Period. Donald Trump, this man is very. He got upset because he's been kicked, about to be kicked out the White House. And Joe Biden, that is a Democrat, that Mr. Trump is blaming the Democrat, not not realize that he know for a fact. Oops, I dropped the ball. It's a fumble. I'm not doing a good job as president. Period. Period. I gotta go. I'm not talking about this. Until next time. No, guys, I can shed more light on this. I can shed more light. But I gotta go. Thank you for listening. And tune in to the next show. I'm telling you, our president is full of shit. He is full of shit. This is full of shit. Gotta go. Peace and farewell. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarell Lucian. 
You can follow him on Instagram at DreWise, the number seven. You can also send Cash App donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you. In the world, so many. Baby girl, you are that.